This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. It's a pleasure to welcome T. Martin Bennett to the program, author of the book Wounded Tiger. How you doing, Martin? Great to be here and great to be on your show, Bob. Well, thank you very much. A Wounded Tiger, published by Onstad Press. It's a new this year. The true story of the pilot who led the attack on Pearl Harbor, whose life was transformed by an American prisoner and by a girl he never met. We'll get to this fascinating tale in just a bit. Uh, Martin Bennett is an author, a screenwriter, and an entrepreneur. He says he has both made millions of dollars and lived in poverty in that order. He also says he has never lost his life in God. He lives in Tennessee, has five children. He was born on uh, Long Island. He researched uh, the Wounded Tiger story for three years. What's out right now is a book, which is uh, a novel uh, based on this true story. Uh, let me ask you first about the, the main character, the Wounded Tiger, if you will, Mitsuo Fuchida. He was a captain in the Imperial Japanese Navy Air Service, a bomber uh, aviator during World War II, best known for leading the first of the air attacks on Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. What was his role in the attack? Well, he was handpicked by Admiral Yamamoto to be the leader of the Pearl Harbor attack on December 7, 1941. So he also strategized with a, a man named Genda, Minoru Genda, who was his close friend from cadet days back at the Edajima Naval Academy in Japan. And Genda was tapped to strategize and put together the whole uh, attack process and how they were going to carry this off, which, which most people in the Imperial Japanese Navy did not believe they would be very successful. They expected to lose up to half of all their aircraft and, and of course, all their pilots and flyers. Hmm. But he, Fuchida, is in the plane that's approaching first to uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, and he sends uh, these now uh, dreadful and historic uh, radio messages back to his comrades, telling them that they're achieving surprise and they should attack. Right. So he, he was the one who would give the signal of when the level bombers would go up high and the torpedo bombers would drop down low, and the dive bombers, and the, he, he was the one who gave the command. He had a flare gun that he fired in the air to let the pilots know what they're supposed to do and when. But his plane wasn't physically the first plane to attack. The first planes were the torpedo planes because uh, they would go in first because they were the most vulnerable. They were slow. They flew low to the ground, and uh, they had to approach first because once the battle had started, um, torpedo planes are rather easy to shoot down. So they they were the first to attack, but he was in charge of the whole thing. He actually, interestingly, Bob, you may know this, you may not, but after the attack, he drew a map, which he showed to the emperor of Japan, and that map was auctioned at Christie's about three years ago for $425,000. Hmm, wow. A copy of the map is in the book. I got permission to put it in there. That's a two-page spread, so that's quite interesting. Now, as World War II goes on, Fushida was in the Battle of Midway, and he was injured in that battle. How, how did that happen? Well, he was tapped to lead that attack as well, 
but he suffered appendicitis before the battle, which prevented him from leading the attack and potentially saved his life. When you see the story, you'll understand. So he ended up, uh, he was on the flagship of the commander Nagumo, the Akagi is the name of the aircraft carrier, and he was able to witness everything going on, and he was also in the control tower at times, and so he able he documented uh, very carefully what happened in that battle, and towards the end, he ended up almost being killed. Uh, actually, there's two or three events that would have killed him in that battle, but he ended up breaking both his ankles and being sent to a military hospital for a number of months. Hmm. And in Wounded Tiger, uh, Martin Bennett really develops this story, and you hear a lot about Fuchida as a as a younger man and his belief in, uh, what shall I say, the righteousness of the Japanese cause. He's um, probably anti-American, maybe you would say, but he has this remarkable uh, transformation, uh, and it comes about through these other uh, individuals. At the end of the war, Fuchida was surprised to find that his former flight engineer, uh, Kazuo Kanagasaki, had become an American prisoner. And Kanagasaki told of a young lady named Peggy Covell who had served the Japanese prisoners with respect, but whose parents, who were missionaries, had been killed by Japanese soldiers in the Philippines in 19. 19- 43. Uh, Peggy had been sent away from uh, J- Japan by her parents before the war. Her parents went to the Philippines, but then they were uh, caught up in in the war, and the Japanese ultimately killed them. And uh, for Fuchida, such forgiveness ran, ran counter to his be- beliefs. Um, this had an, a powerful effect on the man. This is what sets his story apart from many others, and there's many great stories that happened during war because war is conflict and conflict is drama. But in his case, when I tell people that the man who led the attack on Pearl Harbor later came to the United States and his children became American citizens, uh, their eyes kind of get big and they said, I never heard this story before. And that's really what drew me into wanting to research the story, writing a screenplay first, then converting it to book form. But to get to your uh, question, yes, he was... uh, very much wanting to see the United States defeated. And you'll see painted out in the story, Fuchida, along with the Japanese people, felt marginalized and sidelined by the major powers, specifically Great Britain and the United States, that they did not, that is, the major powers did not consider Japan to be a big league player. America and Britain were major league, and Japanese were you know, triple-A ball, and they felt insulted by that. Uh, There were treaties that marginalized them. There were um, things that took place um, in in, um, the the League of Nations that was insulting to the Japanese people, and uh, they slowly became angrier toward the United States and felt that in the same manner in which other nations were colonizing, they had a right to colonize, and they sought to do so in China, Southeast Asia, and other places, and the great powers, that is the United States, Great Britain, and other uh, major nations, say, hey, 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 you can't do that, and the Japanese said, well, you're doing it, why can't we do it? So he was quite angry at that, and there was other things happening Mm -hmm. in the United States, prejudice towards Asians and Japanese in particular, so he was very hateful toward the United States, but 
when he found out a young lady who had lost her parents to the Japanese and she went out of her way to express kindness to the Japanese people, it confounded him because in Japanese culture they have a value of, uh, they, they highly value revenge as a responsibility to avenge the honor of your family. You don't let somebody get away with something like mm -hmm. that. You make it right. You seek for justice in this life. But this young lady, Peggy, did not do that. She went out of her way to help and serve the Japanese people, despite the fact that her parents had been uh, killed by the Japanese. So when his Japanese, excuse me, when uh, Fuchida's engineer, Kanagasaki, told Fuchida about this, it really astonished him and it gripped his mind and he couldn't stop thinking about mm -hmm. why she would do that, and he started researching and asking other people, and that's just part that that's part, part of, of the, the story. story. So those are two plot lines, and then of course there's DeShazer. Right. Uh, before we leave Peggy Covell, though, did he meet Peggy Covell? He did not meet her. He okay. never met her. But you also tell a lot about Peggy Covell and her parents, who had been missionaries uh, in Japan. And you mentioned the uh, the third strand of this story, uh, the American. Uh, flyer who became a prisoner of war, Jacob DeShazer. In the fall of 1948, Fuchida was handed a pamphlet about Jacob DeShazer, a member of the 1942 Doolittle Raid on Tokyo, who was captured by the Japanese after his bomber ran out of fuel over occupied China. He was imprisoned by the Japanese, tortured, but then had his own spiritual awakening uh, can, can you tell us more about uh, DeShazer's story? So Jake DeShazer was like any other red-blooded American man. Once he heard of the Pearl Harbor attack, he vowed revenge on Japan. These dirty Japs were going to pay. So he happened to be training on the brand-new B-25 bomber, and the military, through Doolittle, went to these flight crews and said, who wants to volunteer on a secret mission? We can't tell you anything about it except that you could die. And so he kind of inadvertently volunteered for this mission. And, you you know, most of your listeners probably are quite aware of the Doolittle Raid, but there's a lot of details that a lot of people don't know. They did run out of fuel after they bombed Japan. They ran out of fuel over occupied China. He became a prisoner of war, and he said in his own words he just was crazy with hatred toward the Japanese. He just wanted to kill Japanese people. He saw his uh, fellow, some of his fellow prisoners die of malnutrition or be executed, and it just ramped up his anger that much more. However, he realized that if he lived that way, uh, he was becoming more and more like the people he didn't like, which were the Japanese, who also seethed with hatred toward the Americans. And so he did come across, they had reading books and materials, he came across the Bible, and he started reading it himself, and he thought he would just do an experiment and find out what if he actually did these things, what if he loved his enemies, what would happen. And what you see take place is quite startling. So there are three plot lines, three strands that uh, run in this story. Fuchida and his story, he was a rising star in the Imperial Japanese Navy. You have the Covell family who were teachers and missionaries in Japan who fled to the Philippines and then sent their children to the United States. And you have Jake DeShazer who was basically a guy who couldn't figure out what to do in life and did like many others do. He signed up for the military and took that, that path, but that led him to Japan as a prisoner of war under horrific conditions, 
really horrible conditions. And these three plot lines are completely separate, but ultimately they come together in a very positive way mm. that's unpredictable and really rewarding. Mm. Now, uh, DeShazer, after the war, was working in, in Japan, I gather, as a, a Christian evangelist, uh, and was and Fushida met him. Did they not? He and DeShazer knew each other. Well, what happened was, and this is, of course, the very end of the book, and I don't like to give away everything before a person reads the book. It kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it. But he, um, you know, Jake DeShazer, of course, did survive the war, as did Fuchida, and he made a commitment that he would go back to Japan because his heart, he just said in his heart, he just wants to show them a better way to live. And he felt that once they could understand that there is a better way than hating people, that he that they would accept it. So he came back to Japan, and ultimately, and this is the very end of the book, um, the two of them do meet, and they actually spent time together, and it's a very rewarding conclusion to the story. Mm. Uh, ultimately, or I gather before they meet, uh, Fuchida uh, starts reading the Bible himself and uh, becomes a Christian, right? Be- converts to Christianity? Correct. So what happened was he was quite angry at the war crimes trials because he felt it was victor's justice, whoever wins, um, basically rigs the courts to be in the favor of the victor. And he uh, was furious at the United States about that. And during that time period, he met somebody who was handing out leaflets, and it had the testimony of Mr. DeShazer of what changed him. So Fuchida probably would not have read anything like that because he had no interest in religion or anything like that. But because DeShazer was part of the Doolittle Raid, and even though they were enemies of the United States at the time of the attack, Fuchida had a respect for the Doolittle Raiders because what they did was daring, and it was very successful. So he thought, yeah, I'll read that. So he read the, the, the man's testimony and thought, well, this is quite interesting. Then he read the book. So Fuchida... DeShazer's book was printed and translated into Japanese. He read that, and all these things were just curious things in his mind. Then his uh, former engineer told him the story of Peggy Covell. So these things kind of all came together and aroused his curiosity of why do people act this way. And he also had a lot of questions. And again, I don't want to give too much away here, but he wanted to understand what happened when Peggy's father died and what were the conditions and what happened, which was a mystery that really there was no way he could find out, yet it was something he really wanted to understand. And through the course of reading the Bible, he got that answer. And that that was really the turning point of his life to say, you know what, I'm going to do the same thing here. I'm going to trust God from this point forward. And this was a cataclysmic deal. So from that point forward in the story, it it feels like, well, it's just pretty much going to go downhill, but it actually ramps up. And um, many people have said, Martin, the last, you know, third of the book was just phenomenal. So, you know, Bob, it's interesting. I've given this book out to many people before it was released as the first edition. I've had multiple people tell me they read the book in a single sitting or in just two days because they just could not stop reading it one event just drives into the next, and they just really want to know what's going to happen. And then I've had many people say after they read the book, they read it two more times cover to cover, which is, I don't do that. No. Uh, but 
they just found it a very gripping story. So it's entertaining, it's gripping, it's unpredictable, and it's historical, so you learn mm-hmm. a lot of things. And as another interesting note, I've had people who tell me, Martin, I know a lot about the Pacific War, and I was surprised at how much information was in this book that I'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And they really found it uh, interesting and uh, uh, made it just rewarding to read. Martin Bennett is uh, with us, author of Wounded Tiger, the true story of the pilot who led the attack on Pearl Harbor, whose life was transformed by an American prisoner and by a woman he never met. If you want more information online, woundedtiger.com is the place to go. We'll uh, continue our conversation with Martin Bennett in just a moment. I'm Bob Cudmore. I hope you're enjoying this edition of the Historian's Podcast. We keep going financially because of your donations to our GoFundMe campaign that helps to pay for production expenses. Please donate at GoFundMe.com forward slash Historians 2016. If you'd rather send a check, please make it out to me, Bob Cudmore. Send to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Help us keep history alive. Thank you. And let's get back to our podcast interview with Martin Bennett, the author of Wounded Tiger, the story of Japanese pilot Mitsuo Fuchida. Uh, Mr. Fuchida uh, has you know, passed on, as most World War II veterans have. And you said he came to the United States but never became a U.S. citizen, although his children lived here. I was reading on Wikipedia, and I guess I wonder if maybe you had something to do with the Wikipedia article because it certainly followed your your book to some extent. But there there are some who doubt that or say that he really did become a citizen. I was a little confused on that point. Well, there's a lot of rumors that drift around the Internet, but no, he never became a citizen. There's a book entitled For That One Day, uh, and it's a memoir written by Mitsuo Fuchida. It was printed in Japanese initially, then it was translated into English and released. The translator met with Fuchida's son, and that's in the foreword, and he goes over the fact that Fuchida was in the United States quite a bit and traveled extensively, but he never became a U.S. citizen. There's really no controversy on people who go to the facts, but there's a lot of rumors drifting around. So, no, he didn't, but he certainly loved America. I think he considered becoming a citizen, but in the end, I guess he didn't see much purpose in it because he still lived in Japan. His wife spoke. Japanese as a first language, as did he, and he remained a Japanese citizen. Mm-hmm. And you've developed, uh, or you part of your research over this three years you worked on it, you got to know his daughter, who lives here in the United States, or is that not so? That's correct. So he, has, he had a son and a daughter. His son passed away this past June. His daughter, Miyako, is still alive, and she was a young girl during the war, and she remembers the war. And I've met with her a couple of times, and I spoke to her on the phone just about uh, two weeks ago. So uh, it's quite interesting that she's still alive, and I think that people would be interested to speak with her, but she's quite shy and does not give very many interviews, although she did do an interview with NHK, the Japanese television station, a few months ago for a program that they aired in August and will re-air, of course, at the anniversary date this December in Japan. You've written the book Wounded Tiger. Fuchida himself wrote books. He wrote a book about his uh, conversion uh, from uh, Pearl uh, Pearl Harbor to 
Calvary. Uh, he also wrote about uh, Pearl Harbor itself, the attack, and the Battle of Midway. And, uh, and again, I see from Wikipedia that there are some who uh, question Fuchida. Uh, they say that maybe he's overplayed his role at the Battle of Pearl Harbor and made mistakes uh, talking about um, the Battle of Midway, and that perhaps his conversion was an effort to please his, uh, you know, the occupiers, the American occupiers. Yeah, I've had uh, long discussions with people who have taken that position. I actually wrote two articles for the Naval War College Review in Rhode Island, where uh, Jonathan Parshall, who wrote Shattered Sword, uh, accused Fuchida of making things up. So I'm a historian, and I'm interested in facts, so... I don't really care if I like the facts or don't like the facts. I just go with what the facts are. So when Mr. Parshall made these open criticisms, I thought, well, he knows me. Why didn't he run these things past people who know know more than he does about this particular subject to at least flesh it out? So it turned out virtually everything written was wrong. It was just false and it was mistakes. So I, uh, when I first was challenged by some of these things, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe some of these things are incorrect. But after spending, I've, I've been working on this for about 11 years, Bob, I've found that uh, virtually everything he said is corroborated by the facts. In fact, Mr. Parshall tried to find contradictory information, could find nothing, zero. So at that point, he then flipped over and said, well, then Fuchida has to prove these things. I thought, well, Fuchida's not here anymore. <laughs> so uh, some people just get a burr in their saddle, and once they go that direction, that they're just going to keep going that way. But as my experience has been everything corroborates, at least what's in Wounded Tiger. Uh, every piece of information is corroborated in, that, in the book. I don't go into all the uh, rabbit trails. And Fuchida obviously got some pieces of information incorrect, uh, you'll see in some other um, things he wrote where you get the name of a ship wrong or a captain wrong or the date of a battle wrong by a day or two. And that's typical back in the day because how do you check facts? It's very difficult mm-hmm. in the 1940s. Today we can check facts in seconds online, but you still have to do your due diligence. So um, the, if you look at the beginning of the book on Midway that Fuchida wrote, there's an introduction by a military officer who says that that these facts have been tested and checked over years, and it's it's um, essentially been unchallenged, and that's true. People who were eyewitnesses to the events uh, did not challenge Fuchida on anything. It was only many decades later, people who were not Japanese, who'd never seen a carrier or a Japanese plane who come up with theories, and then they challenge based on theories, and it comes down to speculation and conjecture. And I thought, well, that's interesting, but you can't make a case with conjecture. Mm-hmm. Wounded Tiger, you describe as a nonfiction novel. Uh, it's very fast-moving, very, very gripping. But I, I just want to question you about that some. I mean, you, you have a tremendous amount of dialogue in this book, which I presume is— you know, you, there would have been no record of these conversations between Fuchida and and whoever, for for example. You must have, uh, you know, exercised the same kind of license that Shakespeare did in in giving words to Mark Anthony in the play Julius Caesar. Right. So what I did is I actually researched this for three years before I wrote a screenplay, which was was my second 
feature-length screenplay. And when you write a screenplay, you have to you have to recreate scenes. So what I did, Bob, is that I took the facts of what I knew. And for example, if you were to recreate this conversation we're having now by memory and summarize it, you could do so and do it accurately and do it honestly, but it wouldn't be a transcript of the conversation. It would be a summary of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did in the book. And what I write in the introduction is that the essence of every scene in the book is true. So we know that Puchita did have conversations with Admiral Yamamoto. We know the summary of what those conversations were about. So what I had to do is I had to recreate that conversation using plausibility, using history, using Yamamoto's biographies and other facts to recreate a plausible scenario. So I don't have any flying saucers in the middle of the Battle of Midway, but of course I had to recreate conversations, but they're all plausible conversations. Mm -hmm. That that was my acid test, plausibility and accuracy and honesty to the character of the individuals, to the events, and to what we already knew as facts. So it was very much like building a jigsaw puzzle, and you let's say you have a thousand-piece puzzle, and you've got 750 pieces. You snap them all in place, you put the others where you think they go, and then you have to use artistic license to connect those spaces where we have no information but you have to keep it within plausibility. Mm -hmm. You said the, this originally was a screenplay, now it's a, a book, but reading it, I mean, it just cries out to be a movie. I mean, are you trying to, and I think you are, are you, are you trying to get this made into a movie? Absolutely. So the uh, that is one of the most common comments when people read the book. They say, wow, this will be one incredible film because it's very visual, it's very dramatic, it's very compelling. It's positive. So when I came across the story and started researching at the beginning, I thought this has all the elements necessary for an absolutely outstanding feature film. I put together the screenplay, had it vetted by historians. I had it critiqued by historians and film people, producers, writers, etc. I ultimately did get it in front of a studio who wanted to option the picture, but they wanted to retain full creative control. And I wasn't comfortable with that simply because you and I both know what happens with true stories, especially history stories, war stories that are handed over to Hollywood. They get kind of wacky, and I wasn't up for that. So I declined the offer, and I put it into book form. My entertainment attorney said, Martin, you need to put together a development fund, attach producer, director, marketing talent for actors. Then you can bring in the big investors. So I pre-qualified about 10 investors who I think will have a very high level of interest and who could fully fund the film, but I need to package it first, so I'm actually trying to raise about $5 million, 3 to $5 million, and those investors would receive a triple equity stake in the project. I had a friend of mine who has worked for the History Channel. He speaks fluent Japanese, although he's American, Caucasian-American, and he's interviewed over 100, excuse me, over 100 former pilots from the Imperial Japanese Navy from the Pacific War, and he read Wounded Tiger before it was released, the first edition, and I paid him to critique it, and he said, Martin, this film is going to do huge numbers worldwide, and it's going to do huge numbers in Japan, and I said, why do you say that? He said, Martin, most people who write stories that have to do with Japan, and they're Americans, they don't know what they're talking about, but you've got these people as being full-blooded, real people that the Japanese are totally going to identify with, and it's a positive story, even though it's heart-wrenching at points. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm very committed to that. Actually, 
I'm, I'm trying to get this to one of the stakeholders of a major production facility in the United States, rather than say the name, but he is a billionaire, and he's said specifically what kind of pictures he's looking to do, and Wounded Tiger falls right in the dead center of that target. The difficulty is you can't just go up to the door of these people and knock on it because they have multiple levels of gatekeepers. But uh, that is the mission, and, of course, what I'd like to do is secure that first round of development funding in the next few months. I, because of the Pearl Harbor attack anniversary, this December is the 75th anniversary, the book is going to get a lot of publicity, yes. you being one of those outlets. And I'm sorry, Martin, we're just out of time. Martin Bennett is author of Wounded Tiger. If you want to find out more about his uh, book, uh, go to woundedtiger.com. That's woundedtiger.com. You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.